Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you'd turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 4, we'll finish up the chapter today, Romans chapter 4, and we'll begin with verse 17 as far as what I'll be preaching from today, verse 17 of Romans chapter 4. Um, last week, um, we talked about Abraham as the father of us all, and that's kind of where we left off Abraham as the father of us all because uh, he was the father, uh, our father in faith, you know, and it's not just the children of Abraham physically uh, through um, his line of descent, but those who have the faith of Abraham, whether Jew or Gentile, are um, heirs, are the children of Abraham. And uh, this text today gives uh, starts off with backing that up from Scripture, and so I wanted to remind us where where we were because uh, all what we start off with today is is kind of giving support for that fact, the fact that Abraham is the spiritual father of us all. Uh, let's go ahead and read our text, beginning in verse seven. Well, I'm going to back up and read verse sixteen as well because of that. Um, uh, it won't be up on the PowerPoint, but when I get to verse 17, it will be. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but ours, for ours also. It will be counted to us who, who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that, uh, Lord, you would speak to us through your word, that you would uh, uh, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts uh, to believe and obey. And uh, Father, we pray that, uh, Lord, you give me strength and grace as I preach your word this morning. We pray, uh, Lord, that, uh, um, that you would call into existence the things that are not, that, it, that this word says that you do. We pray that you would call into existence 
faith. We pray that you would call into existence seed, descendants, offspring for Abraham. As, as uh, uh, your word goes out, we pray that there would be people who are saved. Uh, now, I believe that people here present are trusting in you, but Lord, uh, let this message not stay here within these walls, but let it go out. And Lord, we pray that uh, as a result of the things we hear today, Lord, uh, people would be saved. Father, we love you and we, we trust in you. We pray that our faith would be like the faith of Abraham, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. He begins, like I said, with a, with a support, with a ground. He says, as it is written. It says, Abraham is the father of us all. And he's pointing to a verse to say, this is, this is how we know that. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Paul is, Paul is saying it's not just something that I came up with. This is something that goes all the way back into Genesis. God told Abraham, I've made you the father of many nations. It's not just the Jewish people. It's not just his descendants, but in many nations. In fact, uh, there's another promise to Abraham that through Abraham's seed, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Uh, we see that, I believe, in Genesis chapter 12. And, and so uh, by Abraham being the father of us all, uh, uh, that, that's uh, something that Paul here gives support by telling us that uh, God said, I, w- I made you the father of many nations. Notice it also says made. <laughs> made, past tense. Uh, Abraham, he didn't even have a child yet. He didn't have a child yet. When he was still called Abram, Exalted Father. God changed His name to Abraham, meaning the father of many nations. Um, He didn't even have a child yet whenever that happened. But the things that yet did not exist, God called into being. God gave uh, life from the dead whenever He gave Abraham seed. Then it says, in the presence of the God whom, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Now, I'm going to kind of arrange things a little bit differently today. Uh, usually, I just go through the text line by line, line by line. But as I looked at the text today, I see some things kind of popping out at me in different places that I'm going to kind of arrange it that way. Uh, the first thing I want to look focus on is the object of Abraham's faith. Now, our faith has to have an object. We believe in someone. It, we trust in someone. And Abraham had trust. He believed in the God who gives life to the dead. He, he believed in the God who calls into existence the things that do not exist. Now, uh, he gives some examples here. Uh, his own body he considered as good as dead. How is he going to get any children whenever he, he considered his own body uh, as good as dead? And he looked at barren Sarah. The Greek there doesn't say barren. It says a dead womb. A dead womb. And Abraham believed God is going to keep his promise. He, he is The object of his faith is God. God is able. He's going to keep his promise. 
even if it means that he has to bring life from the dead, from these two people who beyond child-rearing years. And then also, he calls into existence the things that do not exist. Well, there's two things that come to mind here. One, he calls those seed into existence that were gone. I mean, they, they were past uh, childbearing years, you know, a hundred years old. Imagine. And yet, God called into existence the things that did not exist. Uh, we think also of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, let there be light. And He called it into existence. Light became. Light it be- began burning. Light began shining into the universe when He just said, let there be light. He spoke and it happened. And then He, he spoke, you know, let the land separate from the water. And it obeyed. And he, and he said, let, let uh, teeming things teem within the water. And fish and all kinds of things uh, began to teem within the water. God spoke and He created by His Word. And you know what? That's how we're saved too. He speaks through His Word. And when His Word goes out, life comes from the dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, according to Ephesians chapter 2. We were dead. We could not do anything to save ourselves. We were, we were on, a, on a wrong way train, on the wrong track, headed for hell. We were dead. And God spoke and He created life within us. If you're saved, it's because God spoke and He made a dead man come to life or a dead woman come to life. That's amazing grace. That's why grace is so amazing. We sang amazing love. How can it be this morning? Do you really believe that God's love, that God's grace is amazing? You were dead. And you're alive now. He, he's the God who uh, calls into existence the things that are and that are not. And He is the God who, uh, who brings life from the dead. He did that for Abraham. And He does it when each one of us, any one of us, comes to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. We go from death into life. The next thing, so we looked at the object of Abraham's faith. The object was the God who can call life in, uh, give life to the dead, who calls into existence the things that are not. Now, the persistence of Abraham's faith. Let's look at some words here that, that, Abraham, that, that the text here tells us. It tells us in um, verse 18, in hope he believed against hope. In hope he believed. Now, what does that mean? We don't talk like that. What? In hope he believed against hope. There was no hope according to any human means. There was no hope that Abraham was going to be able to have a child. You know, uh, he, was, he was 100 years old. Sarah was 90. No hope by human means. But in hope he believed against hope. He believed what was impossible with man could happen. Um, the text that Mike read from today, uh, the, the uh, speaker spoke to Abraham and said, is anything too, too, 
Is anything impossible for God? Or is anything too hard for God, for the Lord? No, nothing is impossible for God. He, in hope, he believed against hope. Uh, and, and that is the kind of faith. When it looks like it's impossible, maybe we sometimes find ourselves in circumstances that we think are impossible. Maybe we think, I've done too much. I, I've sinned too much. I've gone too far. God could never forgive me for what I've done. Humanly speaking, maybe we're right. But God can do the impossible. Amen. In hope, He believed against hope. That's the kind of faith. That, the faith that believes that God can do anything. The things that are impossible with human beings, God can do. Maybe we have some kind of pattern that is ingrained in our life that we can't get ourselves ripped away from. Some, some kind of destructive pattern that we want to break and we feel like I've, done, I've tried everything and it's impossible. Of course it is. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And that doesn't mean that God immediately you know, changes everything as soon as we decide we want to change. Sometimes He makes us fight for it. And that fight is a proof that our faith is real faith and not just a, a kind of a moving along with our emotions. We fight for it. We fight for it. That's faith. In hope, he believed against hope that God can do what we can't do. And then, another thing it says about his faith, it says in uh, verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which is as good as dead. He didn't weaken in faith. First of all, in hope he believed against hope. Second of all, he did not weaken in faith. He had a faith that grew, that grew stronger. In fact, that's what it says later on. He, it grew. He didn't waver. Now, think about the story of Abraham for a minute. Does that match your expect, what you think about Abraham? Does that match? What do you mean he didn't waver? Hagar! He tried to take measures into his own hands. He slept with uh, uh, Sarah's handmaiden to try to take matters into his own hand and get the seed on his own without... But yet, the text here tells us his faith did not waver. Now, how do we understand that? Because we can see from reading the story of Abraham, it appears like it did waver. How do we reconcile the two of these? I think the way we should understand this, when it says his faith did not waver, I don't think it's giving us an account of the, all the ups and downs and all the ups and downs in Abraham's life. It's over the course of his life, it didn't waver. He believed it from the moment God promised, even though he had ups and downs. You know, that's encouraging for us. Because even though... 
we may have a faith that trusts in God. We know we, we still have ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. And we hit some low spots and we think, I don't know how I can do this. Or we try to take matters into our own hands just like Abraham did. It's not so much the ups and downs and the ups and downs that Abraham that Paul is talking about when it comes to Abraham. He's talking about the trajectory over the long haul. He had a faith that did not waver. It hit, it, hit, it hit bumps along the road. It hit all kinds of obstacles. It hit the obstacle of a, of a dead womb and a body as good as dead. And yet, over the long haul, Abraham still believed. So if you find yourself wavering in the ups and downs of the day-to-day life, do not be discouraged, brother or sister. Do not be discouraged. Abraham did too. And when God looks at him, he still says he did not waver over the long haul. <clears throat> the next thing we say, see, uh, he didn't weaken in faith. No unbelief made him waver Was is in uh, verse... Um, No unbelief made him waver is in verse 20. He grew strong in his faith uh, is found in um, uh, also in verse 20. It says, He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Now how are we going to grow strong in our faith? We give glory to God. And there's two ways I think we give glory to God to build, be able to build our faith. And one is we believe. We still we keep on believing. We, we give God glory. It's not me. We don't look at ourselves. We, we don't look at ourselves and, 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 and we, we look at Him. We look to Him. That's how we give glory to God. We, it's not in me. It's not in anything I've done. It's not anything I could do. It's all Him. And that gives God the glory. And another thing I think we do to give glory to God, to build up our faith, is we meet together. We meet together. We get here as often as we can get here together and we praise Him together and we give Him glory. And the encouragement that we have as a body as we gather together, it, 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 it helps us. It builds up our faith. It's edifying to us. So just as Abraham grew in faith by giving glory to God, we are to build up our faith, grow in faith as we give glory to God. And finally, it says he was fully convinced in um, that's um, also this in verse 21, he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Fully convinced. He was fully convinced that God was able to do it. Now, he still didn't know how. He didn't know how. He didn't know, you know, uh, God, how, how exactly are you going to make this work? I'm 100 years old. Sarah's 90. I don't, I don't understand this. And he tried to make it work on his own. But he was fully convinced, however God was going to do it, God was going to do it. So we've looked at the object, it's God. 
God is the object of Abraham's faith, the persistence of Abraham's faith. It didn't waver over the long haul. He just continued to believe God, even in spite of the fact it went up and down and up and down just like our faith does. He held on to Jesus. He looked to Him. Now the content of Abraham's faith. Abraham believed in the promise. What do we see here is the promise. God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. He looked at God's word, God's promise of what he said he would do. Um, he, uh, he looks at the promise. As God, as God told him, you shall be the father of many nations. And he says, so shall your offspring be. And if you think about where it says, so shall your offspring be, um, God promised him your, your descendants are going to be as many as the sands on the seashore and as many as the stars in the heaven. Look up into the heavens. And if you can count the stars, that's how many offspring you're going to have. The content of Abraham's faith was he believed what God told him was true. He believed what God told him was true. He believed the promise of God. That's important. Because it's not just faith, just believing in anything. It's not like, you know, Tinkerbell, <laughs> Disney. Oh, I believe in fairies, you know. Maybe if you've seen Tinkerbell, or you've seen uh, uh, Peter Pan. It's not that kind of faith. We believe what God has said. It's not just a, a, some kind of a faith that we can just work up about anything. We believe what God has said in His Word. It's not about having some kind of a worked up faith about ourselves that, hey, nothing bad's going to happen in my life. Oh, I just have faith. No. God didn't promise us that. In fact, He promised us in this world you will have trouble. I'll hold on to that promise. <laughs> But I'll be with you. I'll bring you my peace in the midst of it. We, we hold on to the promise. And what was that promise for Abraham? That he would be the father of many nations and, and God has held secure to that promise. Particularly through Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus Christ, He open the way so that all who have faith in Him, red, yellow, black, or white, from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, will be worshiping Jesus one day forever in heaven one day. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. All the families of the world will be blessed through the seed of Abraham. And the other thing, when it comes to the content, he believed that God was able to do what he had promised. He believed that he promised, and he believed in the promise, and he believed God is able. God is able. <coughs> we, sometimes we know he's able. We're just wondering, when are you going to do this, God? When are you going to do this? So we wait, and we wait, and we wonder. Sometimes, like David did, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? But we wait, and we wait, and we believe in the promise in spite of how everything looks. 
We believe that God is able and He will. Even if He has to raise us from the dead to do it, He will keep His promise. And finally, the outcome of Abraham's faith. The first thing we see here in verse 23, the outcome of Abraham's faith, that's in both 22 and 23, his faith was counted to him as righteousness. That's what we talked about last week. His faith was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham wasn't by himself righteous. But because he believed God, his faith was counted to him. It was credited to him. It's like an accounting term. It was credited to his account as righteousness. That's the outcome of his faith. And it's the outcome of our faith. Our faith in Jesus is counted righteousness. Not our works. If it was our works, then the promise would be void. As he said in the last passage we looked at. If it was by works, none of us would get there. And there would be no keeping the promise because it would, it would depend upon us and we can't keep it. Our faith is counted as righteousness. It's by faith and it's by grace so that God will keep the promise. So his faith was counted as righteousness. Second, it's for our sake that it's written there. Look at... Um, Uh, Still in verse 23. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. That appears in Genesis, not just for Abraham's sake. And not just for the sake of the ancient Jews in Moses' day. But for our sake. For those who live after the coming of the Messiah. For those of us who have faith in Jesus, the promised one, the seed of the woman who came and crushed the serpent's head. It's written for our sake. Because what happened with Abraham is what happens with us. Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. Our faith is counted to us as righteousness. Not righteousness that we actually do, but it's counted as righteous when we believe in Him. Um... Verse uh, 23 still. It, the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his, sake, for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. What kind of faith did Abraham have? He had a faith that God would be, was able to bring life from the dead. And what do we believe? That God rose Jesus from the dead. He brought life from the dead. Same thing Abraham had. That God rose Jesus from the dead. And he elaborates on that a little bit. He says, we have been... See, I'm looking at the wrong part here. Who believe in Him who raised Jesus, raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. There's two parts here. One, He was delivered up for our trespasses. He went to the cross. God delivered over His Son 
sent Him to earth to live here as a sinless sacrifice, lived here among men, went to the cross, delivered over for our trespasses. When He went to the cross, He went to the cross for our trespasses. A trespass is when we cross the line, just like trespassing. When we trespass on somebody's property, we're crossing a line. On some, well, when, when we sin, we're crossing a line. We're trespassing. God said, no, nothing beyond here. And we trespass. He died. He went to the cross so that we could be forgiven for all of our trespasses. And He was raised, it says, for our justification. If Jesus had stayed in the grave, we would have absolutely no confidence that His death accomplished anything at all. If He had stayed in the grave. But He rose for our justification. But He rose, when He rose, it was a vindication that He was innocent. It was a vindication that He was who He said He was. That He was God in the flesh. And if we have faith in Him, His resurrection is our resurrection. His resurrection is our justification. Because God was able to declare that Jesus was vindicated, we, because of His resurrection, are justified. We are declared righteous. We aren't righteous, but we're declared righteous. So let's tie this all together. Abraham's faith is like ours, like the faith that we must have in that we confidently believe in a God who raised Jesus from the dead and that He will keep His promise and that we will be justified. Trust in Jesus. Look to Him. listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.